Internet Vikings World of Experts. Hello, everybody. A little bit about our amazing uh, guest today. So after completing his MA in 2015, Dennis began his career as a Swedish diplomat as a part of his desire to start his own public affairs consulting firm. Dennis relocated to Malta, where a gaming industry began to lure him, him in. In 2019, he combined his strategic communication skills to author the official history book of the Swedish iGaming industry, titled The Remote Swedish iGaming Industry. Uh, he joined Internet Vikings in 2019 and has since returned to Sweden. When has he has achieved and exceeded a number of goals and targets? And this actually is wow. <laughs> we have some exceptionally talented and accomplished members of our team here at Internet Vikings. And I'm sure you are itching to hear what Dennis has to share with us today. Dennis, welcome to the show one more time. And I'm so, so, so excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Sofia. <laughs> um, let's get started with our questions. And the first question from my side will be uh, about regulations. Uh, so as we know, regulations play an essential role in the iGaming industry worldwide. What is, in, what is that important to know about the European regulated market specifically? Um, I mean, if we if we take like the way it's developed, it's I, I would say it's almost gone in a very long circle over the past uh, 20 years. So first, uh, iGaming as a concept was born pretty much around the uh, year 2000 or a few few years before that, actually, with NetSense, etc. And in the beginning, it was only like Curacao, for instance, that could offer any sort of licensing. So most companies went there to get the license. And then in 2005, Molza uh, and the MGA, then it was uh, the LGA, I think, uh, mm -hmm. Lottery and Gaming, um, launched the um, Maltese eyeing regulations and all the companies were, were relocating to Malta to start targeting all the EU countries from the MGA license, basically. And then uh, that's like started this wild, wild west era between 2005, 2010, when it was very profitable uh, to be in iGaming. Everyone was moving towards Malta uh, and targeting pretty much any European country from there. And I guess this era kind of ended around 2010 when France legalized iGaming. And uh, after that, there was like more and more countries following suit and launching their own regulations. And uh, we've seen a lot of consolidation in the industry for the past 10 years, which is still ongoing. Uh, first, it was large European operators buying up smaller ones. Now we see large land-based uh, American companies buying up large uh, European uh, operators, game providers, etc. So um, that always obviously will lead to more startups popping up. Uh, but we also have, when it comes to the um, regulations, many countries have become very stringent and maybe too stringent. I think Denmark used to be like a very good example of how you um, create a very, very sound regulatory system where you have a very small black market, so to speak. Uh, but also Denmark has changed a few things to make it worse. And uh, the channelization is really low in many countries. So now we see more and more uh, operators turning back to Curacao again, which was the place where they all were <laughs> 20 years ago. 
that's uh, that is what I think has it's like the major change uh, over the past past years, and obviously regulation um, makes makes uh, technological aspects uh, easier and more difficult at the same time because yeah, usually there is some sort of replication server needed from from a hosting company's point of view. Uh, it's like something we need to to look into when we design our products that they might need replication in certain jurisdictions, etc. Replication though is not really uh, it's usually not a huge amount of technology needed to run that application. So in general we still the the, the data center locations and those kind of things will still be in the location where 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 it makes sense from a latency point of view. Um, and the replication part is, is a rather small part when it comes to the uh, technology. But in, at Internet in Vikings, obviously, we've set up our locations uh, in, with that in mind so that operators can have replication servers where they need to, to uh, fulfill regulatory requirements. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you also uh, provide us like the short history of the Euro European market transformation uh, over like I guess the last decade. <laughs> uh, what would you say that uh, were the most significant changes and improvements, and how did they uh, I don't know impact the industry in general? Uh, the most important changes, yeah, that 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 would be the the. The country regulations, like when Sweden regulated, for in, for instance, that that felt across the industry, and then we had Germany ish last year. I don't know; nobody really knows what's going on there uh, still to this day. It's a bit unclear exactly what the regulations are. And then Finland now, uh, before the the new year, uh, also uh, took some steps towards a licensing regime. And then we even have Hungary now, uh, read in the news uh, this week, actually, that's going to launch some regulations. And obviously, uh, this, this also, uh, it provides some sort of clarity for, for operators to, to, um, to operate in the markets. Uh, the industry has asked for regulations, but at the same time, if the regulations are too stringent, and then, then it will drive a bigger black market, of course. And then, like one one big change, I think, is that people are looking away from Europe at the moment. Uh, Asia is is a region where uh, IGM is growing rapidly, and a lot of European operators are very active there. Uh, something we don't talk that much about, but maybe it's because mostly it's grey markets, and they don't really want to announce what they're doing there anyway. But it's part of uh, the expansion that we are uh, taking part of. At Internet Vikings, with our data centers in Singapore and Taiwan, uh, where we can service like expansions to India and um, and uh, uh, Japan uh, and all those markets where where uh, a lot of operators are are going currently, and also game providers. So, but then when it comes to technology. Uh, it's mostly gone from like dedicated environments into cloud. That's the general change. And when people talk about clouds, uh, it's you know it's it's as if it's not really bound by any territorial constraints. But but obviously, cloud is just a way of packaging dedicated servers in a way that the uh, the provider takes care of the redundancy 
within within the, the hosting environments and uh, you basically rent it uh, as opposed to, to owning your own hardware uh, and so on and so forth, which makes it more flexible, also cheaper in the long run. You don't need to plan for your own redundancy, etc. And also more more fail-proof, obviously. So that's that's a big change, uh, but that's a change we've seen in in every industry going from from dedicated environment to cloud. Uh, yeah, th th that would be one of the big changes, I guess. That's that's a lot. That's a significant change, I must say. Um, great. Uh, Swedish companies have for the last uh, for the past twenty years been among the world's most innovative to online gaming. And you also authored the history book, the Remote Swedish iGaming Industry, uh, as I already mentioned in the introduction. Could you please share some words with us about it? Um, yeah, basically, um, when I first came to Malta, uh, as you mentioned during the introduction, I came from a diplomatic background, and then uh, I was doing running my own company as a consultant, and then I was mostly engaged with uh, lobbyism and like uh, policy work for uh, think tanks, uh, these kind of things. And uh, Malta was just interesting for me because I took my, my master degree in, in Italy and I wanted to stay in the Mediterranean region. And then I was thinking, okay, where can I, where, where can I find a good uh, environment to live in? Uh, because Italy is rather, it's, you know, it's not really easy to integrate there as a foreigner uh, in the same way. So I was looking at Malta, Cyprus, or maybe Israel and uh, fell on Malta. And when I was in Malta, I was gradually dragged into the iGaming industry, uh, first doing some yeah, policy work there as well. And then uh, we decided to write this book where I basically went out to all the like big Swedish companies uh, and we wrote this book together. They told me all their uh, stories of, of uh, how they were bootstrapping in the beginning and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, uh, Karin Jansson Mir was, was the other author, and she's uh, editor at the Swedish Center for Business History, and they are also the publisher of the book. So we uh, teamed up with Play and Go, Kindred Betson, Mr. Green, New Vegas, and Cherry Group were the ones uh, participating uh, in the book, so to speak. And uh, it took about a year, and then we could uh, release the book at the same time as the Swedish regulations were, were launched, basically. That was a fun project, obviously. And that's how I also entered into the iGaming sector. After that, I joined Internet Vikings, etc. Great. Sounds great. Uh, that's, oh, that was an amazing journey, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you are also a well-known B2B key account manager. Uh, and that's actually your position uh, at Internet Vikings. What could you share with us about the sales processes in the iGaming industry? I guess it's uh, similar to most B2B industries. Uh, iGaming is a bit of a tribe. It's very tribal. So if you haven't been in the industry before and you just like, try to access it very quickly. It might not be very easy um, because, yeah, as I said, it's tribal. People people are used to the common faces they see on the expos and uh, networking events and so on. And in certain jurisdictions where iGaming is a very strong industry uh, where most, most companies are based. So uh, 
if you're an outsider, uh, then it can be hard to to enter basically. And uh, but yeah, obviously it's also a very quick industry, so speed is something that everyone likes. Uh, I think that's essential uh, to to um, care for your customer relations by answering very quickly and taking action very quickly. Being able to prioritize uh, when a customer needs help with something urgently, uh, you walk the extra mile and do everything as quickly as possible. That's that's my recipe. And then uh, hosting is obviously something that that companies replace very seldom, or when they expand into a new market, they need it and they usually need it very quick. Um, but changing provider is very difficult it requires a lot of resource a lot of uh, human resources because of the migrations etc so the trick is to stay on top of mind without being a pain in the ass that's a very <laughs> delicate balancing act because you always have to keep reminding people of your existence uh, so that when the day comes and they say oh now we need servers to go live in asia the first thought will be, oh, let's call that Dennis guy at Internet Vikings. And then you need to be very quick when they do. <laughs> uh, those are the, the th that's uh, key to, to the game, I would say. <laughs> sounds, sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. I just have one more additional question. Uh, we've been talking about the European market uh, and also about the speed. And you mentioned that there are also the other markets, uh, for example, Asian market that also has like a great speed into how they develop uh, inside of the iGaming industry. Would you say that European market is a, a leading market across all the other markets or which which market is actually the leading market if you if we can classify them like that yeah uh, i mean when it comes to markets as as in uh where there are a lot of players of iGaming uh products then i guess i mean i haven't checked the numbers recently but sweden has always been a big market in that regard uh, that may that, that ties into the history book as well uh why i know this and that's basically because it was something that the state trained people to do a very long time ago in Sweden. Like the Sweden used to fight a lot of wars against Russia back in the days, uh, 300 years ago. And every time they did that, they raised money through state lotteries to finance the war. Uh, and then this developed into um, different kinds of lotteries that were funding the Swedish uh, sports, like... Um, organized sports and also uh, when it comes to uh, horse horse breeding, uh, horse trotting, all these things uh, were financed through state lotteries and and eventually Svenska Spiel and this state monopoly. Uh, Bingo Lotto uh, is a concept that everyone who grew up in Sweden knows about, their grandmas are playing it, etc. So from there, it's a very easy transition to go into online gambling. Whereas in a country where you haven't had a state monopoly before, uh, people might be a bit more skeptic to gambling in general. Um, but European markets have always been quite strong here, I, I, I guess. Uh, but also Asia has some, some sort of tradition in this regard. Uh, games need to be a little bit different in, in the mathematic, uh, in, in the way the, the math works with the game, as far as I've heard from some game providers. Uh, but then, then when we talk about uh, the companies as such, then uh, I would say like Sweden, UK, and Israel is where like that's the 
the core early companies in iGaming came from one of these three jurisdictions mostly. And yeah, and land-based, obviously you have United States, which has always been very, very strong, uh, strong uh, presence. So yeah, that would be my, uh, but European companies are much more tech savvy. You see the American ones that are going into into Europe now acquiring European companies, they're not really as tech savvy as European companies that have been doing online gaming for, for 20 years. Uh, so they are like, yeah, we want to <laughs> we want to use our muscle here that we have gained from all the land-based uh, operations and take a cake from, from what you've developed online. And I think it's gonna be quite interesting to follow how that will develop and especially how online gaming will develop on the US markets now when, when more and more states are regulating there. But for me, like Asia is also equally interesting. It's just since there are no regulation happening there, it's much more under the radar. Uh, you won't read as much about it as with the US market, but obviously it's very strong current in that direction as well right now. At Internet Vikings, we're seeing it every day, but uh, when you're hosting company, uh, it's, it's very, everything is very confidential. Uh, we can barely announce the customers that we have. Nobody wants to do press releases with us about big partnerships because yeah, it's hosting is sensitive issue. We hope of course that uh, they want to do that as much as possible, but that's just something you have to accept sometimes that, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's basically, um, what we can say, I can't say much. <laughs> sure. sure, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Dennis. Uh, me personally, I learned so much. And I'm sure our listeners um, also learned uh, some new information today about the European and gaming market. Uh, thank you for interesting discussion and sharing your expertise with us. Do not miss our future podcasts. Subscribe now.